Wow, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming out tonight. Glad you can be sitting in the cool. Isn't this so good? Come to church and get cool. Um, are you supposed to get fired up? Sorry about that. We're, just, we're chilling out. We're chilling out today. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit old school here and I'm all over the place. So that's all good. That's so great. Hey, Keith and team, thank you so much for bringing us. Um, that worship time was fantastic. And just, uh, God, you are holy. Oh my goodness, God, you are holy and you are here right now, present with us. Let's just pray as we come to the word of God. God, you are holy. Lord, as we come, I just pray that you, Holy Spirit, would just break open your word to us tonight. Father, let there be a fresh word to each person here. You know exactly where everybody is. You know exactly what they need tonight. And Lord, I pray that you will be the voice in the voice. Lord, that you will speak a word of life, a word of hope, a word of encouragement, and yes, Lord, if necessary, a word of challenge that uh, spurs us on. So, Lord, we just welcome you. We're so grateful that you're with us. Amen. 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 I've like figured out, I don't know, I've had about three, four, five different introductions I was going to do. In fact, I was actually sitting with a different message uh, earlier this week when I really felt a check to come back to a message out of Joshua. Um, and, I, and I felt like it was around about encouraging us to move on and not to get stuck. About encouraging us to navigate the changes that have been so hitting us from every, every, every way, every which way. We as a nation, uh, we as a global community, the last few years have been boom, boom, boom. And if everybody seems to be of a similar mind, that last year was like the worst. It was like, we thought we were going to bounce out of COVID, but we didn't bounce. We crawled, if we were lucky. You know, it, it, it came out and we were like, oh my gosh, this has been a tough, a tough season. And as we come through into this season, we go like, you know what, I'll, I'll just, just sit out for a little bit. I'll just catch my breath. And yet I feel that the Holy Spirit is saying to us, come on, pick it up. It's time to move on. There's a shift. There's a change. There's a difference. And as I was meditating on that, the story of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 through to 5, has got some wonderful, wonderful truths that I want to break open to you as we journey along. And in case you think, it's like, hey, Joshua's like, suddenly he becomes a leader. He's got a big duty. He's got a big thing. They're coming from wilderness to promised land. I'm just me. Let me just say that every day we journey with Jesus. Every day we got to pick up our cross and follow him. Every day we walk out into a territory that we don't know. And we all know that in a moment, in a split second of time, things can change, good or bad. We find a challenge. We solve a problem. We have a joy. We have a sorrow within a moment. And yet... Yet, I want to just encourage you that Jesus has said, come follow me, and I will journey with you. So all of us are on a journey. He called Abraham to be on a journey. All the way through the Bible, you'll find that Jesus called people to follow him on a journey. Now, you know, I've done a lot of tramping lately, and I started out on some journeys, and I'm actually thrilled and delighted that I've had the privilege to tramp some of the most spectacular walks in our country. But when I start, I'm, I'm excited and I'm scared at the same time, because I don't know what's ahead of me. Will I be able to do it? 
What challenges will I face? And well, I did a really tough tramp of this last, last year, and it so mirrored my year. There was, like, there was times when it was just tough as, and I, I was coming down this zigzag, and honestly, my knees had cracked out. I was at the end of a very long day. We'd been up in the mountains. We had spectacular views, loved every moment. We'd, we'd had snow, we'd had sunshine, we'd had the whole works, and we're coming into the last four and a half Ks, coming off the heights down to the hut, and it was a very tight zigzag, and my knee, my right knee decided to, it, it had had enough began to protest, and then my left knee decided to go out in sympathy, and so I'm coming down this, and like, like, okay, now I am like crawling. I've got poles, I've got everything. I was prepared for this, but I'm like crawling down there, and I am in so much pain and so much agony. Everybody's passing me, everybody's passing me. All the people that we had passed as we had climbed up, they're all going, and I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm crawling down there, and I'm going, and I remember just coming down, it's now getting dark, okay? We've been tramping all day, and now it's getting, we used to have this joke, hey, you know, we'll be in by dark, and like, I'm going, this is no joke. <laughs> I'm coming down, it's tough, it's hard, my knees are hurting, I'm crying, nobody's there, and God, praise God for Galen King Turner, she's with me, she, she's, she, she stayed with me, she kept every mile marker, she's going, Kathy, one more, one more, and I go, shut up! <laughs> How many more have we got to go here? And, and like, she's got blisters, and so the two of us are crawling in, and, I, and I'm crying out, God, God, help me. God help me. I've never been so relieved to see a hut in all my life. And then what was worse, our bunk rooms were upstairs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I crawled into there. But you know what? The next day, I had to put that pack on and go again. And go again. And go again. And we go again. Why? Because we're on a journey, but yet God promises. He promises great things. So let's go to Joshua because we're on a journey. This year we're on a journey. And this journey, even, even we're only, what, 22 days into the year, and we've also been, already been faced with national change. Bang. Just like that. Just like that. What's this year going to look like? Are you excited? Are you apprehensive? What, what, what does it it's unknown territory. And we find in Joshua chapter 1 that Israel has come to a place and they're, they're standing there. And as we read Joshua chapter 1, if I can find Joshua chapter 1. See, I, I write notes and then I forget how to use them. So, <laughs> after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. 
so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So here they are. They're on the brink. They have mourned Moses. There's been a leadership change. All they've ever known, this generation, is, is walking in the wilderness. That's all they knew. That's all they knew. Moses is the only leader that they've ever had, and he's gone. And they're here in this place of uncertainty, in this place of massive change, and what does God say to them? I am with you. Be strong, be courageous, but you're not staying here, we're moving on. Gosh, I I just like, you know, God is saying to each of us, uh, and actually earlier in Deuteronomy 2, it says to us, you have traveled this mountain long enough. It's now time to turn north. And they began to head for the promised land. What mountain have you been going around off long enough? What habit, what problem, what thing has been crippling you and holding you? And God is saying to you this year, you've traveled that mountain long enough. It's time to move on. What place of grief and sorrow have just held you? And it's time to actually put it down and move on. We've all traveled a wilderness of grief and sorrow these last three years. We've traveled a a time of of highs and lows and deep divisions within our our country. We've traveled a time where we've had unforgiveness and bitterness against one another in unprecedented ways. But seriously, seriously, it's time to let it go. It's time to let that go, and it's time for us to reach out and embrace God's next step. I'm not saying the whole journey, I'm saying the next step. It's time for us to pick up your pack and walk again. It's time for you to uh, pick up that prayer and walk again with it, and to believe again, and to begin to see the promises of God again. It's time for us to move on. It was time for them to move on. And, and God said to them, be strong and be courageous. You know, when God says the word once, and then when he says it twice, but now he says it three times. That's a really strong word. That's a really strong word. Um, and Psalm 84, one of my favorite Psalms, uh, it, it, it talks about how lovely are your dwelling places, how my soul longs for you. And then it goes on and it says, blessed are those who set their heart on pilgrimage. For they will walk through the valley of Bacar, which is the place of sorrow, and they will turn it into pools of blessing. They will go from strength to strength as they journey to Zion. It's a, it's a pilgrim song. It's a pilgrim song as they walked their the annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship God. Blessed are those who set their hearts on pilgrimage. My friends, they set a heart on pilgrimage to follow Jesus always. Yeah. I even said it so well this morning with this vision. It's like, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep walking. Keep, that, is, that is our pilgrimage. That is it. And even, yes, we will go through the Valley of Bacar. Yes, we will go through times of deep valleys and high mountains. But we will turn them into places of blessing. That day that I said was like the worst day tramping, would I have swapped it? Not at all, because I saw the heights. I saw incredible beauty. I am so glad I did that particular walk. It was hard. It was physically challenging for me. 
But would I have missed it? Not at all. Not at all. Last year, last season, it's been so hard. Would I have missed it? There's parts of me would say, yes, but did I find God in the midst of it? I absolutely did. I absolutely did so many times. Can I say that I went from strength to strength? I can say he took us from strength to strength. He says, be strong, be courageous. You know, as we look into this year and as Israel journeyed in, it was becoming a bit uncomfortable. When you go into something new, it's always uncomfortable. I imagine that Joshua wasn't feeling exactly comfortable about taking the, the challenge of leading a, at times, stubborn people a difficult people. He'd seen the headaches that Moses had had, but he steps into that leadership role because God calls him into it and asks him to step out into it, be strong, be courageous. It's uncomfortable. I have to tell you this really funny story. I had the privilege of working in King's Kids last year for six months, and uh, there's five, six, and seven-year-olds, and we were doing the Christmas story, and I thought, oh, I'll just change it up. And I did a relay game with these uh, five and six year olds, and we hadn't done that before in the six months that I'd been working with them, so it was brand new. We're going to do this relay game, and it was, I, I, I was in my head thinking this is about the, you know, so that they get an idea of a run and a journey, and they had to do a journey, and that would be my introduction to the story of Mary and Joseph, you know, journeying to Bethlehem to have a baby. And so we did this whole game, and we did the kids, and the kids were like, it was hilarious, because they really hadn't done um, a relay game like this before, and they were all over the place, and it was just, it was funny. Anyway, so at the end of it, I said to the kids, hey, did you enjoy that? And one little pop-up put a hand up, and I said, yes. She said, no. <laughs> I went, and then then very articulate young lady, she said to me, it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> it made me and my friends feel very uncomfortable <laughs> because we didn't know what was going to happen. And like, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I, what do you, how, what do you, how do you answer that? <laughs> Five years old, she's telling me, the game made her uncomfortable. And then, you know, like, I just had a Holy Spirit moment and I said, you know what? That's just what our story is about because what our story is about, Mary and Joseph and God asked them to do something and it made them very uncomfortable. You see, I said there's times that you are going to be very uncomfortable, but that's about how we grow and get stronger. And when we learn something new and we do something new and we look back at it and go, I can do that, it makes us stronger. See, we prefer comfort to it being uncomfortable. We don't want to grow because we want to stay where we are. What is God calling into you to do this year? Maybe it's to talk to that neighbor. Maybe it's to, to take that new job that you've been offered. Maybe it's to step out into something and learn something and do something that is going to force you to be uncomfortable, but is going to take you from strength to strength. It's going to make you strong and courageous. What is it that God is calling you to? And I'm going, oh my sh goodness, okay. <laughs> well, this is looking at the time. Okay, the second thing that I see in here in this passage, when God calls them to be strong and courageous, there's two things of source. Where do we get that strength and that courage from to face the new, to handle the negation of change, to, to, to be the people of God in the midst of this time and season where we are right now in history? So God says to Joshua, meditate on this day and night. Yeah. 
take the Word of God. You know, I even talked about it. I'm sure if you've been listening to the messages over the last couple of weeks, the Word of God keeps coming up, keeps coming up. You know, meditate on, what does that mean? You know, I've got some nephews, and um, they told me how much a tattoo is. I'm going, really? You want to spend that for pain? I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then they show me their tattoos, and I'm going, you got more money than sense, so what's the story here? Um, but you know what? Let me just say, to us here, to my younger brothers and sisters here, you want to spend the money and go through the pain to have a tattoo on the outside, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you prepared to take the cost and the pain for God to tattoo his heart and his love and his word on your heart? It's not what you have on the outside. It's what you have on the inside. The only way for the word of God to truly transform you is to take the time and the effort to soak yourself in the word. It's reading it, it says meditate. Meditate thinking about it. It's allowing the word to shape your values. It's allowing the word to shape your worldview. I am, probably shouldn't say this, but I'm really shocked by some of my brothers and sisters of the faith and the statements that they have said over the last few years about things I'm going, have you not read the word of God? How can you vilify somebody when the word of God does not say that our words can vilify somebody? How can we be so decisive? How can we attack people so strongly when God's word does not permit us to be like that? How have we not, how have we missed it? You know, this generation that is in Standing with Joshua, they saw their parents come to the promised land and through unbelief and a a small-mindedness not go in. They saw a whole generation die in the wilderness because they had complained and grumbled and had said things about God when they had every opportunity to embrace God. Let us not be that generation. Let us be a generation that is so saturated in the word, like this generation, that when God says move, they move. When God says, trust me, they trust him. When God says he is capable of of more than this world has to offer, they said, yes. Let's be that generation. Let's be these ones that allow God to write, to tattoo his word on our heart and on our mind so that it's second nature to us to believe what he believes, to see people as he sees them to love one another, to not be fearful and anxious because the political party that you don't agree with is in power. That's not what I find here. I find that the nations belong to God, that God is the ultimate ruler. He puts up and he puts down and he causes church to be salt and light and to pray for our leaders. Let's be those kind of people. Let's be 
These ones, as Joshua encouraged them to do, put the word of God into your heart. Make sure it's strong in you. Secondly, the other source of his strength and courage was that God promised his presence would be with them. That's the best. Seriously, that's the best. And has he not put the Holy Spirit in you? You know, he is worth it. Let that word sink into your life. Let that, that, that just sink into you. It doesn't matter where you go through the highest heights to the deepest depths. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He is with us. He is for us. He is always with us and for us as we walk with him. He walks with us. Chapter two of Joshua. Joshua discovers when he sends out the spies that the people are terrified of them. Well, that's good news. When God calls you into something, he's already gone ahead of you. He had already prepared the way. He's already prepared the fact that these guys are thinking, oh my gosh, there's a host coming for us. Oh my goodness, they have an almighty God who does amazing things. We've heard what this God does, and they were terrified. You know what? When God calls us into something to walk with him, he's already in there. Is already ahead of us. He's already prepared the way. The second thing that I find from chapter two is that God has prepared them. You see, these people have already had a couple of wins. The Israelites, under Moses' leadership, have already had some battles. They've already got some wins. You know, when God calls us to keep walking and to move on, and it doesn't matter what we're going to find, he's already prepared you. He's already prepared you. He's already put his word into your heart. Last year, as I was uh, struggling my way through, and I read this statement by Bill Johnson, God has already given you a word or a song or a prophetic promise for whatever trial you're facing. And I thought, oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, where is it then? And I, I, I went and journaled back. And there I saw it. Oh, my gosh. And there I saw it. And there I saw it. And I thought, that's true. God had already given me a word. I needed to pick that word up and say, God, you would bring me through. You're going to bring me through. You said right back in January, you'd bring me to the other side. I'm thanking you, God, you're going to bring me to the other side. Doesn't matter what storm is breaking and the winds are playing and the things that you promised that you would bring me to the other side. And I began to use that word to take me to the other side. God has prepared you. He's put a word into your heart. So when you're walking and when you're hitting those tough times, you go, yep. Be strong, be courageous, Kathy, because the word of God, as I meditate on that, is going to take me through. He's already prepared us. Chapter three. Chapter three, they've now started to break out. They've got to walk. They're making a movement. They're committing. They're crossing the Jordan. And Joshua tells them that the ark is going to be in the middle. And it says, what, keep your eyes on the ark because you have not traveled this way before. I don't know what to do. I don't know my direction. I don't know where to go. How many of you say that? I say that a lot. And it reminds me that if I keep my eyes on Jesus, as, as Ivan said this morning, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He will show you what to do. He will show you where to go. So fix your eyes on Jesus comes to I again. I was like traveling last year and going through the journey that I was going through, my personal journey. And I was like, oh God, I just, I don't know what to do. And uh, I read this blog by Anne Voskamp and, and she just said, when you don't know what to do, worship. 
We know the story of Jehoshaphat because we use that scripture a lot. Pastor Tark talks about it a lot, but I had never seen it in the way that her blog opened up. I went back and read 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat's got the enemy at the door, literally at the gate. They've rented, they've they've lamented, they've they've gone, oh God! And it says, Lord, we fix our eyes on you, for we do not know what to do. And a, a couple of verses down it said, and Joshua and all the people fell to their knees and they worshiped God. And then it says, and the Lord fought for them. I went, oh my gosh. So I began to just worship. I was in a situation and, 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 and I just like, God, I don't know what to do. And I, and I literally, I just began to worship God. And time and time again, as I would just worship God, just literally worshiping, as we sang tonight, holy, holy. It wasn't, you know, like, it was just worship. It wasn't, you know, specific or anything. It was just, I was just magnifying God. And I discovered that, he began, he began to put things together for me for the next day or whatever the situation was. And I could only truly say, that's God. I couldn't figure that out, but that's God. So on this journey, as we navigate change, as you navigate your time of change and uncertainty, do what they did. The ark is in the middle. Jesus is in the center of your life. Just worship. Just worship him. You can do that any time during the day. You don't have to do it in church. You can do it on the bus. You know, you could do it like everybody has potty things in the ears. You know, everybody speaks a different language these days. You can sing in tongues and nobody would even blink an eye. You know, like it doesn't matter. We can do that. You can worship wherever. It doesn't have to be anywhere. But, you know, as we worship, and it's said that God will make a way where there is no way. Chapter four, are we going, are we all right? We're, ooh, we're zooming along here. Where did we get to chapter four? Let me just see if I can find some notes. It's just about chapter four. Not that one. Not that one. And not that one. Here we go. We're getting into. They come to Gilgal. Gilgal. Gilgal's a really interesting place. At Gilgal, when they had crossed the river, they made a memorial to remind themselves of what God had did in, in, in drying up the Jordan yeah. and bringing them across. And it was to, to remember, you know, as we remember God's faithfulness in the past, it gives us courage for the future. As we remember what God has done for us, it keeps the testimony of his miracle and his work alive in our lives. And as we share those memories, as we keep that and reflect that and share it to another generation, as they did, you know, we have the means to anchor us as we go forward. They built an altar to remember. But also in Gilgal, really interesting, they hadn't been circumcised. And so they went through the process of circumcision. Oh my goodness, unbelievable to understand that. But this was their sign that they were in covenant with God. That they were God's people. And at Gilgal, it speaks of consecration. They renewed their commitment to love God with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their mind. 
They renew their commitment through that act of circumcision and that consecration to say, I'm all in. I'm yours. It doesn't matter where we go, what we do, how many giants we face, I'm yours. They surrendered. They let go. And it says in, in chapter four, verse five, oh, chapter five, it says, uh, what does it say here? I'll find it. Joshua 5, verse 9, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal. Gilgal means to roll away. As we move forward, as we move on, we need to let some things go. What is God asking you to let go and to leave behind? Is it unforgiveness? Is it shame and reproach? Leave it behind. Sometimes what we have to leave behind is even really good things. As Israel crossed over and into the promised land, there was no more manna. It was left behind. They had to find God's provision in a new way. When they crossed over, there was no more pillar of cloud and fiery cloud. There was no, God didn't lead that way anymore. As good and as miraculous as it had been, it was not part of this era. So at Gilgal, we let go and we surrender and we say, God, I'm still in. I don't know the way forward, so I will worship you. I don't know the giants ahead, but I will meditate and keep your word in my heart. I will trust you. I will fix my eyes upon you, and I will move forward. That's, I believe, what God wants us to say today. And you know what is so beautiful? As you come to the end of chapter 5, Joshua has taken the people through this journey of change, of transitioning his leadership from Moses and from the wilderness into God's new thing, into God's new place, into God's new day, as he has taken them through step by step by step, and as they have journeyed together, they come out of that time of circumcision and vulnerability and letting God deal with very deep things into their life and into a place of surrender. And you know what's so beautiful? Is that as Joshua gets up the next morning and he's out there seeking God as he has seen Moses do, and they have Jericho in front of them. As he is doing that, he has a revelation of the captain of heaven's armies. He sees God. They say that this is actually a pre-revelation of Jesus before he came in the flesh. And Joshua says, who are you? He doesn't know God this way. It's fresh, it's new, and he says, I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts, and I have come to take charge. And Joshua falls to his knees, he takes his shoes off, and he says, this is holy ground. Every journey that we journey with God, every step of obedience that we take, every way that we go, do you know where it leads us? Yes, from strength to strength, but ultimately it leads us to Jesus. 
We see a fresh revelation of who he is. You know, you might have, have sweated it and gone, oh my gosh, and actually got to the place where you shared your faith with that person that you've been sitting next to and doing work with. And you discover as you do that, that actually God has already gone ahead and they're actually interested and open and that they're listening to you. They're not shutting the door on you. And you know what that does to you? You go, oh wow, this is God and it's so exciting. You come away excited and joyful because suddenly you have seen God at work like you had never seen him before because you went on that journey. What journey is God asking you to walk this year, tomorrow? Who's he taking you to? What are you going to need to dig a little deeper and hold on a little bit stronger so that you will find him at the end? What do you need to let go of? Because it's that thing that you're holding on to. If Israel had not gone through that act and ride of, of circumcision, I don't believe they would have had the strength and the courage and the protection of God to go forward. When we harbor something, when we hold on to a guilt, when we hold on to a sin that we know we need to let go, we will never walk in the victory that God intended us to work. We will never have the strength to fight the battles that we need to fight. If God is saying, let go of your anxiety, let go of the thing that even you know it's comfortable to you, and he's, he's tugging at you, let it go. Do you have the courage tonight to let it go? Have you the courage tonight to reach out and say, yes, God, I'm your person and I will follow you and I will keep my eyes on you and I will move with you into your next thing this year, this time, this season.